I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini and you're listening to Gender Question. Here, we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. In the previous episode, you heard Amrita Sarkar, a program manager at an NGO called Sathi, and Bittu Kondaya, an associate professor at Ashoka University, talk about the draft rules issued by the Ministry of Social Justice over the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act. The community must submit its suggestions to the ministry before the 18th of May. However, many are unhappy with the provisions mentioned in the draft rule. Amrita too brought up the Nalsa judgment. Nalsa judgment has been talked about you don't have to undergo any kind of a surgery or any kind of a medical treatment to, you know, identify yourself as a male, female or a transgender person. But this bill actually, this act, I mean, has restricted us from right. doing that there is no part of self identification and it's like like giving a limitation it's like bounding us no you cannot go beyond that line the suggestion that the community has put up to counter this is fairly simple but to explained and would go a long way to protect the interests of transgender persons there is still the possibility, uh, you know, even though the, the all the act says is that one has to apply to be recognized as a transgender person. It doesn't say, you know, one can say this person is transgender and their gender identity is dash. And one could leave that form blank. So our proposal from the community is that the mm. form be left blank by the government. I mean, it's actually quite ridiculous for the government to, to pre-fill the form. Right. And it contravenes, you know, there is one line in the act that says that one has... Uh, the right to self uh, self identified gender to to uh, one has the the right to state one's uh, uh, gender identity so uh, and so i think uh, one proposal that should work for everybody is for that field to be left blank those mm. who identify as entirely and only as transgender can fill that in as transgender but mm. otherwise that could be left blank are mm. uh, the the one thing that the bill proposes based on community input that um, or that the, the rules seem to have proposed, which, based, uh, which are based on demands from the community in the past, that would be helpful, mm. is to actually compel school boards uh, and birth certificate issuing uh, you know, agencies uh, to change the name and gender on those forms. And those are the only changes which are, which are actually useful to the community because they, um, you know, if, if your birth certificate and your educational certificates are in one name and gender and all your ID is in another name and gender, right. every time you apply for a job, you're essentially telling employers that you're trans and giving them an opportunity to discriminate. Right. So if one wants to change those, as of now, one can only, uh, and if one wants to change those to a binary gender identity and not, you know, they're only useful if one, you know, can reveal that one is not trans. Right. As of now, that is only possible after some kind of proof of surgery and 
you know, benevolence with the benevolence of the district magistrate is assumed. I want to price this open just a little bit more. So when when you are talking about you know the suggestion that you know the, you want the form to say that you know so and so is trans is a transgender yeah. person and identifies as and leave that blank essentially what you're what you're agreeing to is that there is um that, that what you're agreeing to is a certain classification as transgender right a classification right. of a group of people as transgender and i'm wondering and i'm wondering uh, i i would assume that that is necessary if one has to take into account for example welfare or benefits or entitlements that uh, okay. clearly the community has also been seeking right um for several years right. while the act was still a bill back in 2015 and since then there has also been a conversation yeah. about reservations so that's right. this, but but do you think that there is then a kind of a tension between um these two asks yes these two asks exactly yeah well uh, i don't actually because i think that uh, you know the the definition of transgender as per uh, the law, uh, which is both NALSA and even this bill, finally it came uh, when in its in in its later versions it came up with a scientific definition of what it is to be trans. Mm -hmm. That definition defines the uh, the uh, state of being trans as being somebody who does not identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth, mm -hmm. and in the context of the law, this becomes a legal category. So essentially, somebody who wants to legally kind of move away from the gender that they were assigned at birth. Mm -hmm. So this then groups a legal class of people as transgender without necessarily having to uh, group them as transgender by their uh, by chosen gender identity mm -hmm. and that's really the shift that we are suggesting that it is fine and necessary for the government to come up with a legal category for the purposes of welfare but that legal category can be defined by a set of legal processes rather than by uh, a stated you know identity as trans we asked Bitu about the insistence on medical documentation for receiving a certificate of identity as man or woman. And what does this hold out for trans men? So there's a lot that can be said. As you said, one is that uh, surgery tends to be prohibitively expensive. Mm. But also, I think, uh, you know, this, the insistence on surgery uh, is something that also doesn't take into account the reality of several trans people who don't want all kinds of surgeries. Now, this is uh, not always sort of publicly said, but there are, uh, you know, surgery also doesn't refer to a single thing. Mm. And the reason that there's some hesitance in even bringing this discourse to the public or uh, really less so to the public than to the government mm. is because, uh, you know, surgery does not consist of any one thing. People get different surgeries depending on what it is that they need for their dysphoria. Mm. And um, the worry among trans men is that there. Yeah, you know, for trans women historically, at least for the hijra community, mm. uh, for the kinder communities, there's, there has been a particular surgery which is the cornerstone of what makes you eligible to kind of, what, something that you have to do when you join the, the community, right? Something mm. that defines the group. Mm. Uh, whereas there isn't a single such equivalent surgery for trans men. Mm. 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 Uh, extent that there is a single such surgery, uh, surgery that uh, the, the surgery that most people have in common uh, is quite different from the surgery that trans women have. So the specific concern for trans men is that since there are different kinds of surgery, they would like it specified that any surgery, mm. right, uh, will do for this process of uh, being identified. Uh, mm. But of course, they, that also ignores the fact that a, a, a robust minority of trans men don't want to have any surgery. 
uh, of any kind. Uh, and so some people can't afford surgery. Some people don't want surgery. And, all, and most people, I would say, uh, want some surgeries, but not others. There are also several aspects of the act that the rules do not address, Amrita pointed out. thing is that uh, that Transgender Act has several sections you have correctly mentioned. Yeah. And, and the draft rule do not address, does not address all the sections. So the million dollar question came from the uh, activity point, uh, like activist point of view, from the community uh, uh, point of view. That why only these sections are mentioned? Why not the entire rules uh, are talking about the entire act? Mm-hmm. Now, here comes a question actually is this a, like something uh, giving an indication that no community are not allowed to give comments in other parts or for the other parts of the uh, act? Uh-huh. Or maybe government have something in their mind. Okay, let us go one by one. Let us work on this section first. Maybe they are thinking about the next section in some uh, down the Fair enough. Some of the suggestions compiled by community members through discussions touch upon aspects that are not mentioned in the draft rules. For instance, there is a suggestion to legally recognize families of choice, partnerships, adoptions, and joint living systems of Kinnar and Hijra households. There is a demand for suitable trans-friendly guardians or shelters, especially for gender non-conforming children who have run away from oppressive family situations. There is a demand that the school curriculum be made trans-inclusive and LGBTQ-inclusive, as well as a 2% horizontal reservation that should be implemented for gender non-conforming, transgender and intersex persons. Bittu took us through the list. In the section on welfare and empowerment, we have also included the demand for for reservation. Now, this is not something that would traditionally be part of the rules because it's a large enough subject that it would um, hmm. it would it would fail something else. But the rules could certainly uh, put in put in play a process of consultation with the uh, the NCSC and the NCDC uh, to implement forms of horizontal reservation. Mm. Um, and uh, finally, uh, you know, we've uh, also asked for, um, uh, you know, various um, modifications of the rules on various grounds. So for example, even in the certification process, uh, there's a residency requirement for trans persons. We've asked for that to be removed. There are various time limits on trans people reading mm. these things. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, we're asking also for uh, you know, uh, anti-discrimination, anti-atrocity clauses uh, to be added to the portions which suggest that trans people should have full and free access to uh, all of society. Uh, the rules around um, making establishments safe for trans people also uh, have also not been formulated. So we have proposed, uh, uh, you know, um, additional rules on, um, uh, you know, consulting uh, and ensuring that trans persons are consulted in the development of various such uh, measures rather than the government sort of just passing things on their own. There's no rule around the section for the National Transgender Council. So we have asked for uh, rules governing how uh, it will be set up. Uh, And we are insisting that the the composition of the body should be largely trans persons. Mm. Um, And then we proposed, as I've said, uh, sections of the law that need to be modified and ways in which discrimination needs to be codified and um, 
Mm. And then finally, we have suge suggestions for changes in most of the forms the government has provided and the certificates of identity. The, the, the application form itself, for example, doesn't just ask for one's name, gender and address. Uh, it, it asks for a whole host of invasive details, including medical details of what one has done with one's body. It asks who one lives with various kinds of information that are completely irrelevant to uh, the exercise of providing um, benefits and welfare. So we have asked, uh, so it, it calls itself an application come enumeration form and we're asking for the word enumeration to be struck and all of those sections asking for additional information from trans, uh, trans persons to be struck from the rules. Now this list of suggestions is significant particularly at the time of uh, a lockdown where the traditional sources of income of several members of the community has run dry. The absence of anti-discrimination laws means that trans persons who are facing stigma in shelter homes or from landlords have no redressal. The absence of proper documentation has also meant that a lot of trans persons who lead economically precarious lives are not entitled to state welfare at this point. The suggestions to the draft rules then are a way for the government to ensure that such omissions are finally dealt with. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the Red Dhamini on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HT Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.